Good morning, my kings and queens, princesses and prince. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. This is a beautiful day in the Lord. I want to give honor to my husband who's the head of my life. And also, I just want to mention that um, this is coming from God's house of salvation. And this is our daily devotion, which is called Rise. Um, let us begin in prayer. Gracious Father, we bless you. We thank you for being the King of glory. Thank you for being our Father, our Redeemer, our Shepherd, and our King. We thank you for reconciling us back to you, your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. We are thankful to you for the Holy Spirit, who is the promised advocate, who empowers us to be effective witnesses to your kingdom here on earth we thank you for loving us and watching over us lord let all that we are praise you we will praise you as long as we live we will sing your praises with our dying breath our hope is in you the lord our god you created heaven and you created earth. You created the sea. Everything in them. You keep every promise forever. We stand amazed at how awesome you are. How amazing is the triune God. There's just not enough words. Amen. If you have your Bible or your, um, your media device with you, swipe up. Swipe down, swipe left, swipe right, click, download, or turn to the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29, verse 11. Jeremiah, chapter 29, verse 11. And this will be our focus scripture for this devotion for today. And it reads, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Eternal plans for peace not evil to give you a future and hope never forget that i'm gonna read it one more time for i know the plans i have for you says the eternal plans for peace not evil to give you a future and hope never forget that May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and the hearing of his holy word. Amen. Wouldn't it be just marvelous if we were a tenth of what God is? We need to try in God every day, all day, and all night long. We're saved by the time we don't even know that we've been saved. Our acknowledgement is just a whisk of the larger picture for us, of, of us. God will do what he says he will do. We, that is another story. We need God more than he needs us. God is faithful. We, that is another story. Let's look at divorce. That's another taboo, but we have to look at it. We got to go there because that's a part of life. 
Two-thirds of all divorces are initiated by women. This is why. For the last two decades, I have devoted myself to helping families, couples, and individuals work out their differences in order to keep their marriages and families together. These marriage-saving passion is not based on religious beliefs, nor do I think that divorce is morally wrong. It's not necessarily what I think, because it's what you think. My bias is simply based on my firm conviction that the vast majority of problems that people are experiencing when they consider divorce are, without question, solvable. Over the years, I've, been, I've had countless experiences of helping near-the-brink couples reinvest in their marriages and fall back into love again. That being said, there is one particular situation that I find particularly challenging. That is what I call the walking away wife syndrome. The walking away wife syndrome. Do you know that two-thirds of all divorces that are filed in this country, United States of America, are filed by women? That is not to say that women take their commitment to their marriages lightly, because they don't. Most believe that they have tried everything humanly possible to turn things around before throwing in the towel. Nonetheless, women are walking away from their marriages in droves. Why? Although there is a variety of reasons that might account for this mass exciting or exiting, a mass exiting, there is one that in my mind stands out from the rest. During the early years of marriage, a woman tends to be emotionally caretaker of their relationship. She makes certain her marriage remains a priority, insisting on quality time together, meaningful conversation, and shared activities. When a woman feels close to her husband, all is right in the world. However, if the marriage takes a backseat to other commitments, she pursues her husband for more connection by having frequent heart-to-heart talks. If these uh, tati-tas are successful, the marriage blossoms. And if not, her complaints are no longer confined to her feeling unimportant. She begins to find fault with many other aspects of their relationship. He hears, the man, the husband hears, if I had known what kind of father you'd be, I never would have had children with you. Or why can't you pick up after yourself? You're just like one of the kids. And you know those scenarios. We've heard them all from people. Suffice it to say, these complaints hardly prompt him to want to spend more time with her. And so she quietly plans her exit strategy. She tells herself, I'll leave when my youngest goes to college, or I'm going to find my soulmate, and then I'll leave this marriage. I thought the husband was the soulmate. 
or as soon as I can support myself fast financially, I am out of here. Exiting strategies often take years sometimes to execute and during that time women are focused on fortifying their resources and not fixing the marriage. The absence of complaints has their husbands believing that things have improved. They're out of the doghouse. No news is good news. They tell themselves as they obviously continue to lead separate lives but then the day divorce day arrives and their wives inform them that the marriages are over triggering shock and devastation why didn't you tell me you were this unhappy these husbands protest words that finally nail the marital coffin shut it is then that they start to realize or recognize the importance of their wives and their children. They become desperate to save their marriages. It is said that people don't change until they hit rock bottom. And I can tell you firsthand that the bottom doesn't get any lower than the earth beneath these men's feet. The threat of divorce generation Oh, gener the, the, the threat of divorce generates true soul searching. These are the men who readily schedule appointments for therapy, sign up for marriage seminars, read every self-help book they can get their hands on, and seek spiritual connection, and even risk vulnerability by discussing the F word, meaning feelings with friends and family. Gradually, they become the husbands these women have been wanting. But for so many women, it's too little, too late, or I know this is not going to last. If I stay in this marriage, you will go back to your old shenanigans, which, though completely understandable, is nonetheless tragic. That's because rather than, than having appropriate husband behavior, most of these men sincerely undergo a personal transformation that shifts their priorities forever. They typically make great second husbands. Every time a, a near walkaway wife or her husband enters my office or my church, I'm determined to do what I can to open her heart and mind to see the profound changes in her husband. I'm often successful, but this is one of the trickiest clinical knots to untie. I much prefer that couples really grasp the concept that time together is of utmost importance and that nagging and well-intended though well-intended almost always backfires that's why i'm a huge proponent of marital education see falling in love is easy staying in love is another matter and people need information and skills to stay in love god's plans 
are already in place for divorce too. The triune God has plans for our bridges over troubled marital waters. And if one no longer wants another, the triune God still has plans. The plans don't change. Don't beg another person to want you. Let Jesus be the footprints in the sand when life happens. Such as this. That's the world. Let's get on to the focus scripture and find out more information and meat for us. On the real, every believer knows that God has a plan. They know that. He has plans for every each person, each nation, and for the entire world. That doesn't mean, however, that we as believers do not sometimes look at the world around us and struggle to find the methods to the madness. They may even struggle, or we may struggle, I should say, to remember that there is a plan at all. That there is a plan at all. In these moments, scripture can be a good way for us to remind ourselves that God has a plan. We must remember that everything happens for a reason. The hardest times to see God's plans are when everything seems to have fallen apart, such as the divorce thing that I was talking about earlier. When wars, diseases, death, disaster strip everything away from us, it can be very difficult to remember that there is a loving God who has a plan. Violence can seem so random and so pointless, yet the Bible clearly shows us that God sometimes uses these terrible circumstances to remove to move his plan forward. And that's a hard pill, but it's so true. Good things sometimes require bad things to happen first. Remember, like I was saying about the divorce thing, but I'm talking about this right now in particular. In Genesis, for example, J Joseph is sold into slavery by his brothers. It is Joseph's presence in Egypt, however, that saves both Egypt and his family from famine. Joseph states in Genesis chapter 50 verse 22, Joseph's brothers intended to harm him, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Joseph knew well that there was a reason for everything, no matter how terrible. And no one can foil God's plans. God has a plan and no one can foil it. Humans may think that they have screwed up. We think sometimes we have screwed up, we have messed up, we have mucked up the divine plan by accident, but no one is that powerful. In Job chapter 42 verse 2, it says, I know that you can do all things. No purpose for yours can be thwarted. God's plans will come to fulfillment, whether anyone else likes it or not. The prophet Isaiah agreed with Job in this matter. In Isaiah 14, chapter 27, it reads, For the Lord Almighty has planned, and who can thwart him?
His hand is out, is stretched out, and who can turn it back? The short and the long answer to Isaiah's rhetorical questions are the same. No one. God's plan can be long term. Some elements of God's plan can be seen in a single lifetime. Other sections of his plan may take far more than one lifetime to bear fruit. As such, humans may think that some events are random happenings, but such events may simply be elements of God's long-term plan. Psalms 33 verse 11 states that the plans of the Lord stand firm forever. The purposes of his heart though all through all generations. God's plans does not begin and end with a single person. His plans may span centuries, but he still has a plan. So humans cannot always see it but he protects his people. Given that God's plans may take generations to come to fruition and that he sometimes uses terrible circumstances like slavery to accomplish good things, which is really hard to believe under the mindset of humans, some people may only see the low points that are necessary for his plan. As such, they may think that the Lord has abandoned his people, like in slavery. Mm -hmm. Jeremiah 29 verse 11 says, however, reminds us all that is not true. Jeremiah 29 was written to the Jews in exile, a group of people who were only seeing the low points of God's plans. Jeremiah reminded them in Jeremiah 29 11, however, that God is always watching over his people, including those in slavery. The verse reads, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. The early verses of John 15 also remind us that God's plan does not end with death and that he continues to watch over his people even after they die. God welcomes his people after their deaths and reminds Jesus reminds the apostles of this in John chapter 14. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you may also be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. God has a plan, and it includes the afterlife to the faithful. But he is always working for their good and the good of the world. He's working for us and for the good of the world. God's plan has a happy ending. He is always working toward the good of us and for the good of the world. 
after the end of the days, Eden will be restored. God's people will live in a great city where the river of the water of life, clear as crystal, flows from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. Revelations 22 reveals the fate of the faithful in the, this incredible city after the end. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city, and his servants will serve him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. There will be no night. There will there will not there will not need the light of of the lamp of the lamp or the light of the sun for the Lord God will give them life and they will reign forever and ever humans can always see or comprehend God's plans but that does not mean that he does not have one pieces of his plan make take place within one person's lifetime but other segments will take centuries or even millennia to come to fruition this can leave humans feeling like they are staggering around in the dark but the bible provides some comfort and numerous reminders that no matter how crazy the world may seem to be and we know what that is right now because of our pandemic. There really is a divine method to the madness. So today, let us rise. There is a divine method to the world's madness. Let us rise today. This is all a part of the plan that was put in place before we were all conceived in our mother's womb. Let us rise today. The fallen state of the world has us fallen, but the triune God there is there to save us. And rise today, get on up, and through Christ, stay up right now. Rise today when the triune God comes through. Just walk in the blessings, trusting and believing 100%. So we can reveal the testimony to others and they believe more and because he is good. Rise today. God has worked for us all and let's celebrate others' victories even when we aren't there ourselves, giving us a hope. If we can do this, how great are our blessings? The word says, and who can argue with that or stand in God's way? The eternal commander of heavenly armies has determined that this is how it should be. And so it will be. May the Lord add a blessing to this devotion for today. Love yourselves. Love others. Forgive yourself. And definitely forgive others. And be hopeful.